Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hammer Time 1987 podcast, a podcast where all we do is win, joined by conservative theologian and political pundit, Garrick Wright. Garrick, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Well, Garrick, today we're going to talk about deicidal curses, blood curses of (laughs) the Jewish people. We'll see if there's any truth to it or whether it's total nonsense. (laughs) Of course, our... Uh, what should we call him? Our person who allegedly appears on the podcast, Brother Nathaniel, will be making an appearance here. Yeah, you know, we we like to play some of his uh, his comments, <laughs> and uh, he always uh, has something interesting to say. That's one way to say it. Yes, <laughs> we also have a big affirmative action ruling by the Supreme Court. We'll talk about whether that has a broad impact on DEI. Mm. And Elton John, he uh, said some interesting things we'll talk about. Brown University, apparently four out of ten students are gay. We'll talk about that. That's it, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And of course, old Joe Biden and the politics of the day. But before we get to all that, Garrick, I have two quick stories for you on a lighter note. First, I... You haven't seen me probably in about two weeks, but about a week and a half ago, before July 4th, I got a spray tan. (laughs) (laughs) And you can actually tell, you know, it's obviously fading now, but you can sell this side of the market. So the reason I did this was, I mean, obviously I'm extremely pale, and, you know, if I go outside, I burn. Oh, yes, yes. You know, it'd be nice when I'm having, if I have to take a picture, I'm at a family event, you know, I don't look pale or red, I look, you know, tan. Okay, yeah, I I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I go to the tanning place in Lockport, Mm -hmm. and the woman, uh, the girl really, who greets me at the front has a nose ring. No, you don't like those. (laughs) Yeah, they're not good at all. Anyway, she's very nice. I said, well, I'm coming for a spray tan. You know, I don't really know what I'm doing. It's my first time. So she takes me to the back room. And there, it's like basically you walk in a hallway and it's like five or six doors on each side that are all closed. Mm-hmm. Kind of remind me of a brothel, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the way you're describing this, I kind of... <laughs> so anyway, I go to the back room and there's this big... It's a big, a big machine, basically. Mm. And uh, she's telling me, all right, well, you, you know, you get into the machine and then you stand straight and then you turn around and you, you know, put your arms one way, then put your arms the other way. And, you know, I'm trying to follow her and it's like, Oh God, like I I don't understand any of this. Hmm. But anyway, she leaves and I decided to leave my underwear on. Yeah. People do go naked though. Okay. But I said, you know, I'm not really sure how this is going to look. I'll just, I'm not going to be in my underwear in front of anyone anyway. Right. Uh, So, I go in with my underwear on and I press the button and the machine, you know, it sprays me on the front and then it says, okay, you know, put your heel here, your toes here, raise your arm. So it does give you some instructions. So I'm not sure I did it totally right, but I did it right enough, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I, I do everything. It probably takes less than, oh gosh, less than three minutes. Mm. Very, very quick. Nice. Uh, you get out and... It's not right away. It takes some time for the the chemicals, I guess, to interact with your skin and turn your skin tanner. Okay. But there's three different levels. There's level one, two, and three. I got level one. 
I figured if you go to a higher level, I might look ridiculous. Yeah, it might look like uh, Donald Trump. Right, I might look more orange, which I didn't want. <clears throat> and anyway, uh, about eight hours. So you can't shower for eight hours. can't sweat for eight hours. Oh, well, I'm right there. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you had to sit in AC. Um, but yeah, then I, I woke up the next day. I had a tan, and I have to say, I look much better with a tan. Yeah? Much nice. better. You know, I look much better naked with a tan. Well, yeah. So... I don't know if I'm going to become Donald Trump, but I'm a fan of spray tanning. Okay. How, uh, how often are you supposed to do it? Well, that's a good thing. The, the spray tan lasts seven to ten days. Okay. So it's not a super permanent thing. It's more of, you know, you're going on vacation, you want to have a tan or whatever. Yeah. Um, now they do, have, of course, have packages and monthly subscriptions, but if you just want to go in there and get one, one shot of it, it's $30. Hmm. It's expensive to look good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think next time I am going to go and I'm going to be completely naked. Yeah. May as well. It yeah. already looks like a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I figured maybe, you know, the, the cellulite in my ass will look a little bit better with some tan on it, you know? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's every, I think everyone should consider that. And the second story is I bought a car. Yes. It's quite the, quite the car. Yes. And it was kind of funny because everyone was telling me when I told them I was going to buy a car. They said, oh, you're going to get... And Paul's like, they're going to try to screw you at the dealership. You know, they're going to try to stick it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, you, let me tell you this story. When I was in 1983 and I was buying a car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, that sounds horrible. <laughs> and of course, everyone's, all oh, the dealership's awful. Oh, my God. Anyway, I went to the dealership. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of knew what I wanted. And so I test drove. Of course, I test drove the advanced model. So I test drive. It's a really nice drive. So we go and sit down in this guy's little cubicle. He's like, well, you know, sir, we actually don't have what you're looking for. You know, someone else just bought it. Hmm. But, you know, come back in, in August, then we might have some. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Anyway, I got a phone call the next day. Oh, the car just came in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe they were right. <laughs> you got to act on it fast, though, because these things, they don't stay on the lot very long. And, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, um, let me, you know, give me a quote. Let me sleep on it. And... Uh, they took my old Honda for $500, which other people said I could sell for a lot more, but I'm not going to take the time to yeah, no. list the car myself and negotiate with a buyer. I'm just like, just take this piece of junk. Yeah. And uh, in the end, I bought the car. It wasn't that bad. They didn't try to, you know, stick a fist up my butt with any warranties or service plans. I said, I'm not interested. They said, okay. It's like, all right, that wasn't actually that hard. Yeah. Yeah, I know. When you, when you talk to people, um, especially older folks, about, uh, about buying a car, boy, they, yeah. they really turn it into something. <laughs> and, yeah, they talk about the negotiation tactics they do. Yeah. I'm like, I can't, I can't bring myself to do this. Like, yeah, I, no. I, I don't know what to tell you. And what, what am I going to say? About a few hundred bucks? Right. Uh, or a thousand, I don't know. Like it's not worth it to me right. <laughs> to save that kind of money. <laughs> to I, I don't know what I'm doing. 
Like if you say, hey, this car is twenty five thousand, I'm like, fuck no, it's not. <laughs> You're gonna give me a deal. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Well, what, are you, what do you want me to do? Well, you have to be willing to walk out. Yeah, I want to walk out and go into a new car and drive off. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> Spend as less time in here as I can, you know. Uh, that must have been the thing back in the day. Yeah, they, they really get into it, the old people. Yeah. It's interesting, like, I was under the impression that the guys who sell cars make a killing. Mm, yeah. And they don't. They don't make much money at all. I mean, uh, they typically, the average is you take 25% of the gross profit. So let's say they made three grand on me. So twenty five percent of three grand is what? Five hundred? No. Uh, uh, Seven fifty. Seven fifty. So if he did that once a day, that would be really good. But he's not selling a car every single day. This no. He might sell <clears throat> five a month or ten a month. And you know, it's just like you know, after taxes and stuff, they're not making that much money. Now, the under. I think it's kind of like a real estate agent. It's kind of like you probably have your top people are, you know, they do yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then, but, you know, so many people go into it and, yeah, yeah it's just not, there's not much to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And, uh, hey, I don't know. I guess someone's got to do it, so. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely not for me. No, no. Uh, yeah, my I, I want my wife. Uh, her dad was negotiating uh, a lease, and we a few years ago, and so between we started off there, and then um, he got really mad with the uh, <laughs> person, and I guess uh, raised his voice quite a bit, and. Uh, then we went to dinner, and he was just mad the entire time. He's a pretty low-key guy, but yeah. he <laughs> just all throughout dinner, he was upset, and then they went back to get the uh, to finish the deal, and it was like, wow, I just and and this was over whether or not it was going to be two twenty a month or two fourteen, so it was six dollars per month. <laughs> He's like, well, you told me on the phone that that's what it would be. Uh, that you know, well, that guy's not here anymore. Well, that's what you told me it would be. Uh. <laughs> Those old people, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're talking about seventy-two dollars per year. <laughs> <laughs> He's mad about that. Yeah, <laughs> Said it's the principle of the thing. It's like, well, I I understand, but guess what? There's a lot of things in this world that are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would go in there and expect to see things a little different maybe you know like it wouldn't shock me it's like well it was 220 now it's 225 but like okay yeah I'm <laughs> okay you you, yeah. you just had to like stick a anal bead up my ass type of thing <laughs> i got it yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i expect it to maybe not be as smooth as i would like it to be that's all so yeah um yeah well a generational thing. Nowadays, people can just buy right, a car online. That's car probably what I would do, yeah. They come to your house, you test drive it, you like it, it's yours, there's no negotiation. So. Yeah, the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> the less time with people, the better. Yep. <laughs> All right, Garrick, we're going to talk about Brother Nathaniel and the deicidal curse. Okay.
<laughs> so for those listening, again, this is, we've talked about this before in the podcast, the argument that the Jews killed Christ. Yes. And people have said, well, you know, we're talking specifically about the Jewish leaders and the Jewish high priests and not all Jewish people. And it was a long time ago and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but there is some interesting biblical verses that we'll go over. But before we get to that, I'm going to play a video from Brother Nathaniel. Oh, boy. Now, for those listening, you know that Brother Nathaniel is, well, he's his own man. He speaks for himself. Yes, we don't want the ADL call. He does not represent the views of the hosts of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, But here is Brother Nathaniel, and of course, if you're easily triggered, you might not want to listen anymore, but here he goes. Why these critiques? It's because of the deicidal curse. Murdering Jesus Christ has repercussions from generation to generation. Calling down Jesus' blood upon themselves and their children transfers this imprecation to all posterity. The imprecation is known as the deicidal curse. The mouth curls downward. A hideousness impresses itself on the visage. It's engraved all over their faces. The good Jew, I proved he does not exist, must not be allowed in any position of power. The corruption the Jew innately carries within his essential self corrupts all society like a deadly poison. The solution? Jews have been thrown out of 109 countries. 110 is a good round number. Okay, well... (laughs) So, uh, Brother Nathaniel talks about this blood curse, and I think he's basing it on a couple of different verses here. So, let me read this verse, and then uh, Garrick will get your initial response to all of this. Um, Have you ever heard of this before, Garrick, this deicidal curse ever mentioned? Uh, not, Not the term, no. Okay. Yeah, I, I have never heard this before, you know, in any religious setting that I've been in. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. I, I am aware of uh, the concept. Right, uh, right, right. Yeah. But. All right, so let me just read this to you. This is from Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 24 through 25. So here it is. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing but rather that a riot was beginning he took the water washed his hands before the crowd saying i am innocent of this man's blood see to it yourselves and all the people answered his blood be on us and our children Mm -hmm. so brother nathaniel is probably going to say that shows that the jews were essentially cursing themselves because the blood is on not only them but their children Mm -hmm. And that punishment, like the Holocaust, is punishment for the crucifixion of Jesus. So there's the first part of it. How would you sort of take that all in? Um, well, I, I believe it's in Acts 5 that uh, it's sort of the, uh, it, it, that they proved or chose that the apostles had been preaching that the Jews are responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus. Um, now, 
just to, as a historical mark, I do want to point out that Pontius Pilate was uh, he, he was put into exile a couple a few years later. He went to Gaul, modern day France, mm. and um, <clears throat> committed suicide, just like uh, Judas. So, um, yeah, it um, the, his Christ's death is still is both on the Romans who carried it out, but it is spiritually on the Jews who rejected him, their Messiah. Right. Um, what about the punishment part? Like, are we get a comfortable saying that the reason the Holocaust happened or the reason that bad things have happened to the Jewish people throughout history was because of the crucifixion of Jesus? Can we sort of say that comfortably? Well, no, I, I would, I would say that um, the temple in Jerusalem in seventy A.D. was destroyed by the Romans. Uh, that was prophesied by right. Jesus in Matthew twenty-four, um, and uh, so that was, I would say, a direct. Um, and, and the Jews were then scattered. Uh, they th- that was the end of the nation of Israel until um, the 1960s, 67, or what? I think it was after World War II, 47 maybe, or maybe it was... Yeah, yeah maybe it was in the 40s that they went yeah. back to Israel. But yeah, so the nation of Israel for 2,000 years was uh, gone. <laughs> so and, that is, that I believe to be a direct consequence of the rejection of the Messiah. And um, I, I would put things like the Holocaust and, I mean, the, a lot of people have suffered. All, right. all sorts of people have suffered, and that's just kind of the consequence of sin. And right. um, So I, I wouldn't make a direct linkage. Okay. They, they did mention here that the, the passage... In, uh, in Matthew has no other counterpart in the other Gospels and claim that it's probably more related to the destruction of Jerusalem in the year 70 CE. Yeah. Um, so, of course, this comes to people interpreting it differently. Uh, there is another verse, though, that has been used to justify the anti-Semitism of what we've heard from Brother Nathaniel. This comes from John chapter 8, verse 44. This is Jesus is speaking to people who uh, oppose him and do not believe in him. And he says, uh, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Mm -hmm. So people like Brother Nathaniel would say, well, because the Jews don't believe in Jesus, they belong to the devil, and they carry out the devil's wishes and their liars and so forth and so on. Yeah, so going back all the way to Abraham, um, God promised to always have a remnant of the Jewish people who would be saved. So... Throughout their Old Testament history, there were 
lots of ups and downs, yeah. more downs than ups, but right. um, there, but there was always a remnant uh, of people set aside for uh, for salvation, and that is still true today. There are Jews that come to Christ, mm-hmm. um, and it's um, it's a small portion. Uh, that's a small portion of Gentiles too, and it's um, a remnant set aside. So you know he's talking mostly to the Jewish leaders there. You know he's making. You know this is like the, this is sort of the winter of the nation of Israel. This is like yeah. you know these are the final few years, and he's just they're they're religious. Uh, they've made up their own. Uh, rules, their mm-hmm. own laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Pharisees are they're hypocrites. Jesus constantly is uh, calling them hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, when he's talking to them like that, he's saying, you know, this is, you know, you you pretend to be worshiping God, but. It's all external. The the inside of your heart, the ins your internal being. You are, uh, com- yeah. yeah. You're all about yourself. Right. It's all idolatry, and so, um, yeah. He has strong words for the religious leaders of that time, and uh, that's all he's referring to there. Yeah. All right. So, so we probably say that. These verses don't justify the deportation of Jews from the United States. Uh, I think Brother Nathaniel takes a little bit far. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, hopefully, we were able to educate you there and found that interesting. Um, you know, people will use different uh, gospel teachings for their own their own purposes. So mm-hmm. that's what we saw there. I think. All right, Garrick, affirmative action no longer. The Supreme Court said we can no longer discriminate on the basis of race, and the liberals were upset. I love it when liberals are upset. <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, the, the whole case was brought by an Asian student. He was applying, I think, to Harvard or Yale, one of those schools, and he was passed up for a lower-qualified uh, black student. Mm-hmm. And it's actually been a lot of... Uh, Asians that have sort of gone after affirmative action. Yeah, because they're a lot smarter. Yeah, <laughs> and their kids don't get in. Um, I've heard, though, that this ruling now will also apply to DEI initiatives, since DEI is often based on the idea of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you're in the, the front lines of it. <laughs> well, yeah, I have to experience it. <laughs> but just the idea that certain races or certain genders, but certain races are elevated over others. Mm. And this ruling basically says you can no longer discriminate on the basis of race. You can no longer use race as a, not only a college admission, but also for employment reasons either. Yeah. So it seems like it would kind of put a little bit of a knife in DEI. I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, because you know every every company, their HR department now has uh, right. has a, a 
DEI uh, survey that you need to take or you know yeah. whatever and so I have to I have to watch that um, now and yeah. you know it's an annual thing and so it's yeah. like yeah I don't I don't want to have to deal with this <laughs> crap <laughs> yeah we'll see yeah, they they said it for like like the whole thing with college is like we'll just use UB for example so of course UB and all these universities up in arms about this ruling yeah and it's like well wait a second you deliberately admit foreign students from china and india mostly yeah and why do they do that because those kids pay full tuition price now you could say well those kids are more i don't know they're minorities or they're more qualified but if you wanted more for example black students they could easily do that they could easily admit more black students but they don't because the black students aren't going to pay as much as the chinese or the indians yeah. Um, and there are a lot of Asians at UV. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so I'm like, I don't know, I just, it's just to me, it's always been like, you could easily have more poor minority students on campus, but you choose not to, and you use affirmative action to almost hide it, if you will. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. why they want it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe they'll go bankrupt now. That'll be a good thing. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> so another, but another, uh, who would have thought, Garrick, 10 years ago that I would have told you that in 2022 abortion, no, well, the Roe v. Wade abortion law is no longer and now affirmative action. Yeah, that's pretty shocking. Yeah. That's really good for Trump. <laughs> for all the bad things that have happened over the last couple of years, you do have some some sunshine here. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that uh, he's going to run on. Oh. <laughs> he will. And speaking of that, Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, really, I think we, we've talked about this before, but so Biden has all these negative stories coming about, about him, out about him, and... Do you think that that's because the deep state wants him out or they just can't control the bad news anymore? Because there is stuff like, you know, Hunter and the cocaine at the White House. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you drawing a line? (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's just like, are they trying to kick him out somehow or are they just, there's just, you know, there's just too much out there and they can't put a lid on it. That's the question. Um. Yeah, you'd think that if cocaine was found in the White House, they'd be able to hide that. But, um, I mean, there must have been cocaine in the White House the entire time because Hunter's been there. So, I mean, it's sort of funny that you have a cocaine addict who lives in the White House and they're like, whose cocaine is this? What the skin in here? I did see that some, there was some official who said, you know, the cocaine was found near Kamala Harris's. Uh, a parking spot or something like that near the vice president or something like oh okay <laughs> they're trying to pass it off on her now she's really dumb we gotta get her out of here <laughs> did you see there was a video of biden and hunter and jill biden on july 4th they were on the balcony and um they show hunter and he like turns away and he kind of like does that and then turns back and people are like, oh, he just took a sniff of Coke on the White House back <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll have to, uh, I'll be able to play it for you later. But yeah, it's just, 
they I guess Biden is gonna run unless something happens. I don't they I don't know how they get him out. We've been over this, but I don't know how they do it. So yeah, was, I I saw um, you know news was on at the gym, and so they were showing him getting off of Air Force One and walking next to a uh, <clears throat> a military uh, person and. Uh, they're walking and talking, and they're walking really slowly because <laughs> <laughs> Biden just can't really move. And I'm like, that must be kind of nice for uh, you know the military guys, like to have somebody yeah. that slow. It's like, yeah, they they're not gonna be out of breath or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Even a fat guy could keep up with Biden. Yeah, Chris Christie could keep <laughs> up. With him. Oh, what a guy. All right, Garrick. Well, two more topics before we wrap this up here. First off, in the Netherlands, we have a first ever transgender woman winning the beauty contest. Huh. We should. <laughs> we should. Uh, I'm ask, sure that's not surprising to you anymore. <laughs> we should ask to see uh, what the nether regions are like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do you? Rem- I I don't know if we talked about this, but I think last time we watched some transgender documentary. Yeah, and the person was talking about how like when you take the hormones and stuff, you're sort of castrating yourself eventually. Yeah, and like if you have the surgeries, like you no longer have sexual function. Yeah, it's like why would you do do that? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know that uh, it doesn't appear that people are, very, you know, doctors and such are not very uh, forthright about the yeah. uh, the consequences um, or the realities of things. Um, and you know, we've been through this. I don't think that uh, I don't see how doctors could, in good conscience, right, do these things. So, yeah, I don't know. They're trying to affirm their gender identity. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah, I've just heard too many horror stories, and uh, yeah, that's gross. Yeah, Chris Christie says it's okay. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> he probably castrated himself just with all the food he eats. Yeah, that's. <laughs> he tried to. Uh, yeah, he's tried to do surgery to get thin, and that didn't work. Yeah. So. <laughs> You'd think he'd be a little bit skeptical of, of uh, medicine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and well, uh, the last thing about the Netherlands model, uh, not the best-looking man-woman I've seen. I don't know how mm-hmm. she won. I mean, there's got to be a prettier-looking girl than, than that. But Not that he's ugly, but... Yeah, probably... Uh... Probably a token. Right, a token award. Yeah. Well, Garrick, Elton John. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he said. So he said he'll no longer perform in the United States, although he said he'd, he's on his farewell tour anyway. They all say that, though. Yeah. But he's not going to perform in the United States anymore because of all these terrible laws against gay people and transgender people in the United States. He's very upset with Florida in particular. Because Florida wants to ban surgeries for minors. Yeah. And because he doesn't, you know, in kindergarten you can't talk about dildos and stuff. And I guess Elton John is upset by that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, see, like, like, it's just, are they, do they know they're speaking 
incorrectly and they just are doing this for political reasons or do they really believe everything they see on CNN? Um, Elton John probably believes it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I could understand if he didn't want to go to f- perform in Florida, so perform somewhere else. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, he's he's uh, he has a husband, quote-unquote, right. and he has kids, quote-unquote, and right. uh, it's just disgusting. I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> You'd be happy if he doesn't come back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad he has great music. Yeah, well, the, the article that I read sort of had pointed out that Elton John's so upset at Florida, but yet in 2017 he was in Morocco, which is not a country that likes mm. homosexuals. I think he was in Dubai and other places. Oh, and yeah, they don't like it there. The Middle East, and it's just like, but you won't go to Florida? Yeah. <laughs> Have you been talking to Ted Cruz? <laughs> <clears throat> Um, yeah, so. And he, um, back in 2010, he performed at Rush Limbaugh's wedding. That's right. Uh, That's right. Rush Limbaugh paid him a million dollars. <laughs> Everyone has a price. I guess they do. <laughs> <laughs> he did it in, for uh, bipartisanship. Yeah, build bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Build bridges. Well, Garrick, one area that has a rainbow-colored bridge is Brown University. Oh. There's a report that 40% of Brown students identify as LGBTQ. A lot of brown penises there. (laughs) (laughs) Anal socks. Well, maybe they wear condoms. Um, Maybe. <laughs> anyway, 40% is an outrageously high number. Yeah. And the guy who I got this information from had kind of said, well, you know, the reason you see this is because gays are an elevated group in this country. They have high status. We have a whole month celebrating their sexual orientation. And people want to be part of the cool group. They want favored status. They want employment favors. They want... To, to be in the in crowd. And so you have people that, even though they're probably not gay or bisexual or genderqueer, they're going to pretend that they are, just convince themselves they are. But I thought that you were born that way. I thought it wasn't environmental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny how you, when uh, it's incentivized, you know, it's cool to be gay and all that, but... Uh... <laughs> Do you imagine going back in time in high school and saying, no. it'd be cool to be gay? <laughs> no. It wasn't long ago, but that was a pejorative. Yeah. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> it sure was. Um, and now it's like, boy, you're just a living end. You, you, you can do no wrong yeah. <laughs> if you take it on the ass. I think that anal sex should just be banned altogether, whether you're gay or straight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think Texas had a law at some point banning banning that. Yeah. I wonder how all that was enforced. Nah, I don't know. I'd like to look that up sometimes. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where they had a law but never enforced it. Yeah. Although, it would be interesting to look up and see if anyone ever got charged with that. 
Oh, it might be like one of those things that, uh, <clears throat> like, you know, I don't know, t two guys uh, living together. Yeah, it was probably like, it yeah. maybe put a kibosh on that. Yeah, I see, I see. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess Antonin Scalia said that when uh, it was deemed, I think, unconstitutional or something to outlaw sodomy, he said that uh, gay marriage is right around the corner. Yeah, he was right. Yeah. He was right. I remember back when they legalized same-sex marriage, people said, oh, you know, the slippery slope argument is just such nonsense and there's not going to be anything after this and this is just two people who want to live together and it's like, oh, we've had a slippery slope. We've got transgenderism now. Oh, yeah. gender we've got the whole nine yards of it. Pedophilia that's yeah. uh, going to be added in as a, yeah. as a protected group. <laughs> that's so fucked up. It really is. It's <laughs> really messed up. Wow. Well, on that note, on that note, time for us to eat some carbs. Yeah. And uh, let us know what you think of the podcast on Podbean Locals Rumble. And we'll read off your comments on the next show. And I guess with that, that's all. No sodomy laws. <laughs> <laughs>